Blog Talk Radio. You have just joined Parkinson's Recovery, and this is the place where you can receive information, support, and resources if you happen to be an individual who has the symptoms of Parkinson's. I want to give everybody a heads up on next week's program at 11 o'clock Pacific Time on Thursday. I will be interviewing John Ball. John was diagnosed with Parkinson's 40 years ago in his mid-20s, and in two weeks, uh, he will be running a marathon race in San Francisco. So that's the teaser. You may, you may be wondering, well, I wonder what John Ball has been doing for himself to be able to be so healthy that he can actually run in a marathon. This is actually his 22nd marathon. We'll tune in next week, 11 o'clock Pacific time, and you'll hear the full report, the full story of everything he has done to get relief from his own symptoms. Today, I have a very special program for you. I put out a call several weeks ago for anybody interested in getting a second opinion from a naturopath doctor. So I received a a series of emails from individuals asking, well, uh, what would you advise about this particular medical condition or that particular medical condition? And what I promised to do is to ask the questions that were submitted to a series of naturopath doctors. John Coleman is the first naturopath doctor that I will be interviewing asking second opinion request type questions. So clearly, uh, this is not intended to be able to actually provide anybody medical help or advice. The real idea here is to give you a real sense of how naturopath doctors approach medical type questions. It has occurred to me from my conversations with people all over the globe that there are a number of individuals who've never even heard of a naturopath doctor and have no idea how a naturopath doctor approaches illness and disease. So this is really my way of uh, educating you about how naturopath doctors approach medical situations and challenges that you might be confronting. I'll uh, be interviewing other naturopath doctors who will offer you their own perspectives of how they look at these same kinds of situations. Now, John Coleman is a very special guest because not only is he a naturopath doctor who practices in the grand country of Australia, he also was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in mid-1995. Today he is symptom-free. He's written a book, and he actually has a 12-step recovery program. Here is my first segment of my interview with John Coleman. It's my pleasure to be interviewing John Coleman, who is a naturopath doctor from the grand country of Australia. John, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Robert. Thank you for inviting me. John, can you tell people about yourself? Yes, well, uh, these days I'm a 66-year-old naturopath uh, living in the suburbs of Melbourne and uh, also practicing in a small country town called Lancefield. I'm in very good health. I'm married to a, a beautiful woman that I met in America called Nicole, and uh, we're living a great life. But uh, 
15, 14 years ago, in 1995, I was very sick. I had very advanced Parkinson's and early stage multi-system atrophy. And because of some uh, treatment by the medical profession and some uh, incidents throughout the diagnostic procedure, I decided to explore options other than Western medicine. And after three years of very hard work, I had become symptom free and I've continued to improve in health since then. Uh, and since my recovery, I've done a lot of research um, in my clinic and with some colleagues to understand how and why I recovered and how I can help other people. And over the last 10 years, it's been my joy to see a number of people recover from Parkinson's, from multiple sclerosis, um, from muscular dystrophy, and other very confronting neuro and autoimmune disorders. So it's been a joyful journey. You've also written a book about your experiences called Stop Parking and Start Living. That's right, I have, and that's a bit of a do-it-yourself book. So uh, anyone who reads that, and I think it's very inexpensive, but not only will they read more about my story, but they'll get step-by-step uh, -step instructions on improving their own health and, and confronting the real issues around these disorders that we call names like Parkinson's disease, which are just names, just names to cover sets of symptoms. John, I have a set of eight questions uh, that I'd like to ask you, and I have several other naturopaths that I'm going to ask the same questions to. And this is by way of giving uh, individuals out there a sense of how naturopaths uh, approach questions just like this. Okay. Uh, there are many people who don't even never heard of a naturopath and don't know what a naturopath does. Um, sure. There's a much better common knowledge of what medical doctors do and how they do it, but uh, quite not as much uh, familiarity with what naturopaths do. Sure. Question number one comes from uh, Seo Paulo, uh, Brazil, from Luiz. I live in Brazil, and my mother, 81 years old, was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. She has polycythemia vera 2. I would like to know if I can give her B2 vitamin, and in parentheses it says riboflavin, 20 milligrams three times daily with no risk of increase to her hermatocrit, which I assume is a test, and then it says the actual level is 46. Yeah, hermatocrit, yeah, it's one of the iron absorption characteristics. Um, well, Robert and Louise, uh, I need to first point out that as a naturopath, I would not focus on very specific points like this. Um, what I would be wanting to look at is your mother's general health. Yes, she has polycythemia vera and she has Parkinson's disease, but these are sets of symptoms indicating an underlying uh, imbalance and state of ill health in your mother. 
So that's number one point. The, the second is a question. Why do you want to give her riboflavin 20 milligrams three times daily? Now, I can only guess at this because we're not sitting face to face, but some of the symptoms of polycythemia vera is, is heat, burning, flushing, intense itching. And it may be that Louise is hoping to alleviate those symptoms by giving her fairly high vitamin B2 intake. And that may be temporally successful. However, what we need to recognise is that polycythemia vera and Parkinson's disease are both sets of symptoms of a fundamental imbalance. And so number one thing is to get your mum's health balanced, which means she needs to be eating excellent food. She needs to make sure that her intake of vitamins like vitamin C and vitamin E are high, much higher than recommended by conservative dietitians or medical doctors. And I'd be recommending uh, anything from 4,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day, perhaps up to 10,000 milligrams under supervision of a naturopathic doctor. Um, and vitamin E, natural vitamin E, perhaps ranging from 100 international units per day to 500 international units per day to balance production of blood cells to allow blood to flow appropriately to pick up oxygen and oxygenate the periphery. Um, the, her diet should be very much uh, based around good vegetables, a wide variety of colours, uh, with protein from fish and eggs and avocado and nuts and seeds primarily although some very lean red meat from time to time is okay. Uh, perhaps she would respond well to uh, immune supporting herbs like Astragalus and Andrographis and perhaps others. Again, reference to a local naturopathic doctor would be very helpful there because her, her immune system is obviously suppressed and that's one of the things that's creating an imbalance in the uh, bone marrow expression of blood cells. And um, she needs exercise and it may be that she's finding it very difficult to move around at the moment. There are symptoms of this disturbance called polycythemia vera uh, including fatigue and lethargy and difficulty in movement and headache, etc. Um, so passive movement could be helpful. Somebody working to move her limbs, help her to stretch and to flex two or three times a day for a short period of time. So improving her overall health will, over time, 
reduce the symptoms that have been diagnosed as particular diseases. My view of administering high-dose riboflavin is it's probably not very useful. Um, it would be more useful to give her a good high-potency vitamin B complex supplement once or twice a day which would include riboflavin in adequate quantities. So, how does that sound? Wonderful. George from Canada asked the following question, which is a bit related. My wife has been slightly anemic for over five years, just after she was afflicted with Parkinson's disease. Her hemoglobin, iron content, and percent saturation have been all below the minimum recommended range, despite valiant efforts to increase it, like taking iron pills and eating iron-rich foods. Her doctor says that taking FE pills is not efficient as it is poorly absorbed. Apparently, a lot of Parkinson's disease patients have this problem. What steps should she take? Okay. Um, there are a number of absorption problems common among people diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and this is because most of us have a very inefficient gut function. Now, if you uh, read my book or, or look at the, uh, some of the early classes in my Parkinson's recovery program, you'll see that when we develop Parkinson's, which start very early in life, one of the major systems that is affected adversely is our digestive system. And there's a, a very good and well-understood uh, process that, that creates this. Now, if we have a very poor digestive system, then it's going to be extremely difficult for us to absorb the minerals and vitamins that we require. So iron, calcium, uh, magnesium, phosphorus, etc. can all become in a low range. Now, um, Iron also requires a high intake and a high absorption of vitamin C to be transferred and absorbed into the cells. So what we need to look at with George's wife is, is her diet excellent? Now by that I mean eating only foods that uh, of benefit to the body and none that will block the uptake of vitamins and minerals. Um, is the type of iron that she has been supplementing organic or is it synthetic and therefore very difficult for our body to absorb? And what else is she doing to assist absorption? Now, now with diet, of course, we need to eliminate the two major enemies of gut absorption, and that is uh, wheat products and dairy products. And they both block uptake of foods through different mechanisms, but they're both very inhibiting to health. Um, and as far as calcium uptake is concerned, 
dairy is a negative provider of calcium because it actually creates an acid condition in tissues that pulls calcium out of bones and the nervous system. So we need to get rid of wheat and dairy, look at leafy green veggies and broccoli, look at orange vegetables, white vegetables, yellow vegetables um, in large quantities, um, eggs and mushrooms and nuts and seeds, lean red meat but preferably young lean red meat like lamb. I'm not sure that you can get lamb in the United States but um, the youngest sheep possible or veal um, or deer, the game meats. Uh, do you get rabbit in the United States? I'm not sure. Uh, not in the grocery stores, I don't think, but I'm sure people can shoot rabbits. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we can get uh, very nice rabbits in Australia. Uh, one of the benefits, if you can call it that, of the English invasion of Australia and bringing their rabbits with them. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, game, very lean, very young, or game meat to, to give a source of iron. Now, George's wife also needs to be looked at by a naturopathic doctor somewhere close by to have a look at what her gut function is like. Um, you know, I don't know her age, but if um, she's in middle age, then probably her gut function has been deteriorating for perhaps 40 years or longer. And so many foods are not being absorbed. And because iron is difficult to absorb, then that's one that shows up quickly. Um, so there are really good herbs and other supplements that can improve digestive function fairly quickly that would then help her to absorb all the nutritional elements she requires, including iron. And as I said, vitamin C levels need to be high, so uh, probably supplementing with vitamin C will help improve her iron levels. Exercise is really important to maintain blood circulation and pickup of uh, minerals. And breathing exercises like with yoga breathing or deep breathing to give the best oxygenation of the available haemoglobin. So this can be improved and yes it is a common challenge but it's fundamentally a broad digestive challenge rather than simply iron absorption. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You've just heard John Coleman, naturopath doctor from Australia, answer the first two of eight questions that I'm asking him on the radio program today. John uh, made reference to his book and his 12-step recovery program. On the show page, there are a couple of links to those. So as you listen to his interview, if you're interested in knowing more information about either his book or the 12-step programs, you just can click on those links. It takes you to the pages where there's extensive information uh, about both. There's also a chat room on the show page, and uh, many of you are connected into the chat room, but you do have to sign in if you actually want to begin talking back and forth about what's being discussed here. I've also got a teaser for you. I wanted to also ask John my own question. I mean, 
and I need to be a little selfish here. So at the end of the interview, I have question number nine, and the question is, what did you find was most helpful to you in your own recovery? And what I want to do is to tell you, his answer to my ninth question was a surprise to me. It's not anything that I expected. So stay tuned. We're now going to move to his uh, answer of questions number three and number four. How do you deal with orthostatic hypotension? I take Florinef and Mitodrine. I hate them. The side effects are horrendous. This question comes from Joe. Yes. Well, number one thing with orthostatic hypertension is we need to know what's causing it. And while sometimes that's uh, caused by Parkinson's, it more often is caused by the medication. So that is something that we need to look at very closely. If, for instance, um, Joe is taking levodopa drugs and um, dopamine agonists and or MAOB inhibitors, etc., or COMP inhibitors, then it's likely that the drug combination is creating excessive hypotension. And that drug regimen may be able to be changed to be more efficient and with less adverse effects. That's number one. If the hypotension is primarily caused by the progression of the disorder, I guess the glib answer is let's reverse the disorder and then the hypotension will go away. And, and I know this is not a funny thing because I also had orthostatic hypotension for a significant period of time during my journey with Parkinson's and it can be very scary and very uncomfortable. Um, there are some remedies and some activities that we can undertake. Number one is uh, really good deep breathing. So if we are having um, this problem with orthostatic hypertension. What we tend to do is suppress our breathing and breathe more shallowly. So we need to practice deep breathing and very good posture all the time. And that encourages circulation and improves um, blood pressure. Um, I'm just writing myself a note here too while I'm speaking with you. Um, now, exercise is important and primarily core strength exercise. So um, abdominal muscle strengthening, things like Pilates and some Iyengar yoga exercises um, and or uh, exercises under advice from a personal trainer or a gym instructor to develop abdominal and pelvic strength so that we can hold ourselves in a very good posture. Then we are less likely to have a sudden drop in blood pressure. Now, um, as far as the intake of supplements and remedies is concerned, there are a few that can help. 
and vitamin C, vitamin E and vitamin B complex are all important if Joe is not already taking these. Uh, vitamin C at, uh, I would say, a minimum of 4,000 milligrams per day. Vitamin E I found useful at around 500 international units per day, and that's natural vitamin E. And a very good quality vitamin B complex supplement once a day. There's a homeopathic remedy made by Recaweg, that's R-E-C-K-E-W-E-G, and the uh, remedy is R44. Uh, now, I know that Recaweg remedies are available in the United States as well as in Australia and Germany, and uh, I think they're fairly easy to get hold of. And that contains uh, four homeopathic remedies in combination to assist blood circulation and therefore stabilize blood pressure. Um, blood volume is very important. And often when we have um, been diagnosed with these sorts of degenerative disorders, and or we take medication for them, we become significantly dehydrated. And so our blood volume drops. Therefore, we don't have as much volume, much blood, to reach the periphery when we make sudden movements. So improving blood volume is important. And to assist with that, number one, of course, a good water intake of about 1.5 litres, which is, I think, about three pints per day um, between getting up in the morning and the evening meal. Now, I say that so that if we're drinking a lot of water in the evening, then we'll be having to jump out of bed to go to the toilet during the night, and that's not always comfortable. Now, a water absorption, of course, and therefore blood volume can be helped with a remedy called the aqua hydration formulas and these homeopathic remedies uh, assist our body to absorb the water, distribute it appropriately and to hydrate cells and they will definitely improve blood volume. The other important uh, part of blood volume is when we've got sufficient blood our heart doesn't have to work as hard so there's less strain on the heart um, but I still think that the primary first uh, action to take is to have a look at the drug regimen if Joe's taking drugs um, the Parkinson's drugs will cause orthostatic hypertension uh, Florinef will cause um, osteoporosis um, Midodrine, I did look up and I've forgotten exactly what it is now, but I think it has similar adverse effects. So it, it's a good thing to reduce the number of drugs, um, and that can be done with uh, working with a really good medical doctor who's prepared to have a good um, conversation with you 
and take notice of what is going on and adjusting the drug intake accordingly. But good luck. You can you can win over this. I've tried almost every therapy and treatment over the past five years, but that darn Parkinson's disease still seems to progress. This included two stem cell treatments and other treatments out of the country. Uh, there was an improvement over the first uh, six months, but then, then the quote is, them benefits faded away. The question is, what supplements have you found to help the most? Look, again, we, this is a question focusing on some specific, fairly minor aspects of recovery. So I need to look at the broad picture here. Um, when this questioner says that they've tried almost every therapy and treatment, obviously there are some that they haven't tried, and I'm wondering whether that's perhaps, uh, or they, the ones they haven't tried are the ones that come from within. So we know that stem cell treatments are unsuccessful and always will be, uh, because we produce all the stem cells we need, and the only way to change stem cells into dopamine-producing cells or serotonin-producing cells, etc., is by changing the environment. Now, this is what researchers do in the laboratory. They take stem cells and they put them in different liquids to get them to turn into whatever cells they want them to turn into. So what we need to do is change the environment in our brain so that our stem cells, millions and millions of them that are in our brain, will change into the cells we want, like cells producing dopamine, cells producing anandamide and serotonin and glutamine, because all these neurotransmitters are what we need to get well. The UCB by IV I'm finding difficult to um, trace because the only reference to that I can find is a novel anticonvulsant drug and frankly I don't see any sense in having that um, from all that I've read about it it would do us no good and I wonder who was offering that and why and I wonder about their motives now the actions and the activities and the remedies that are going to help this questioner are number one what I call the three L's that is practicing total, complete and unconditional love for ourselves. And this is something that we forget and that we are taught is wrong. We are taught that if we love ourselves, that's somehow incorrect or selfish. And to me, that's a load of rubbish. You know, if we love ourselves, then we can be well and then we can love other people wholeheartedly. So practicing total and unconditional love of ourselves is number one. Laughter is really important, even if we don't feel like laughing. We need to find ways of laughing at least 100 times every day. And meditation on a daily basis, at least once per day, preferably twice per day, will improve production of all these neurotransmitters that we need. You know, it has been shown that those three things, love, 
laughter and meditation produce dopamine in truckloads. So they cost us nothing. They're very powerful and they're the beginning of the road to recovery. Journaling is important, so keeping a weekly journal of our, our symptoms, our feelings and um, events around us is important. And then, of course, there are remedies like the aqua hydration formulas, bone therapy, vitamin C, vitamin B complex and folic acid are also important. There may be other supplements for each individual. But the most important point here is that 80% of recovery comes from inside ourselves, from our own love, our determination, finding peace within ourselves. This is 80% of the recovery process. And without that, then all the remedies and all the treatments and all the drugs in the world won't turn this around. And yet we know we can recover because a number of us have recovered completely. We, we remain free from all symptoms. We don't need medication. We live a healthy and, and active and joyful life. So we know this is possible. Um, if, if this, the person who asked this question would like to look at the parkinsonsrecoveryprogram.com website where there's a lot of information that I've written about the recovery process and the importance of the three L's or they can get a copy of my book Stop Parking and Start Living um, which is available in hard copy from Amazon or my other website or uh, Robert you have it available as a PDF download um, and this again talks about the process of getting well. You know, we know that Parkinson's disease is just a set of symptoms telling us that there's a degenerative process in our nervous system and we know that we can turn it around and become well, but it comes from within. Thank you. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You're listening to my pre-recorded interview with naturopath Dr. John Coleman from Australia. John mentioned a, a reference uh, of the aqua uh, formula. It's a uh, homeopathic remedy for dehydration. You can get more information about that if you're interested at the following website, aquas, A-Q-U-A-S dot U-S. We're going to now return to my interview with John Coleman, where he answers questions number five and number six. Next question is, could you tell me, have you come across very many people who can link their Parkinsonism to taking Lipitor? Yes, I, I have come across a number of people um, who have taken Lipitor or Lipex, uh, similar statin drug uh, or Crestor is another one uh, and then found that either they suddenly became aware of Parkinson's symptoms appearing or their symptoms got worse. Now there's a few comments here and, and 
I may start to sound a bit radical here, but frankly, I see absolutely no point in taking any statin drugs for anything. Um, the whole cholesterol um, business is a great money-making device that is built on fear that is unfounded. Cholesterol does not cause heart attacks or stroke. And high cholesterol is not necessarily a predictor of heart attacks or strokes. What high serum cholesterol tells us is that there's an absorption imbalance in the body that needs to be corrected. And that may be because our diet is wonky or more likely that there's a, a, a great digestive and absorption imbalance that's indicating a deeper imbalance. So we need to look at our general health. Now, frankly, when people have come to me with elevated, elevated cholesterol levels, with a few tweaks of the diet and exercise, meditation, and a couple of simple supplements, their cholesterol level has dropped down to well under acceptable limits and their health has improved. One of the very surprising bits of research that's set the medical profession and the nutrition profession on their heads is about three years ago in Europe, there was a very good research on the influence of eggs on serum cholesterol levels. And it was found, I won't go into the whole study, but it was found that people who ate eight eggs per day had much lower serum cholesterol levels than people who ate no eggs per day. So perhaps one of the simplest ways of controlling our serum cholesterol is eating more eggs. And that's a great thing to do because that gives us really good protein and good energy. However, um, yes, sometimes we see people whose Parkinson's symptoms appear because they took Lipitor, Lipex, Crestor, or their symptoms get worse. And the number one thing to do about that, of course, is stop taking the drug. You know, this to me is logical, and yet I have found some doctors who oppose that. Stop taking Lipitor. You don't need it. Number two, make sure your diet is excellent, fantastic. And there's a lot of literature out there or read my stuff about diet. That, again, will help your body balance your serum cholesterol and put cholesterol where we need it. You know, we need cholesterol to make hormones and to rebuild cells really important for us um, and number three if those symptoms persist once you've stopped taking the Lipitor Lipex Crestor um, after six to eight weeks if the symptoms are still prominent then you need to be looking at a total health recovery program because your elevated serum cholesterol told you that something was out of balance and 
the Parkinson's symptoms are telling you that something's out of balance. So get your life back into balance and then the symptoms will go away. If we fill our life with good health, then there's no room for illness-type symptoms. Okay, so don't take statin drugs for anything. The next question comes from Karen. How can I get the best movement possible with the least amount of meds? Okay, so I'm, I'm guessing that uh, Karen has a problem with the balance and stiffness and possibly coordination. So there are uh, two distinct um, actions to take here. There's, there's one set of activities when you're on, that is the medications are working to whatever level, and one set of activities to undertake when you're off. Okay, when the meds are working reasonably well, then you need to be undertaking some really good balancing exercises and core strength exercises. So that includes crawling. Yes, crawling on your hands and knees, and it's always great to have knee pads for this, but crawling forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards um, as often as you can over the longest possible distance, so right across a room or up and down a, a passage in, in your house. Um, marching on the spot, and if you have balance challenges, it's really good to stand with your back into the uh, corner of a room or the corner of a bench, stand upright and look ahead and then march. Um, to music is a good idea, using marching music or dance music, marching with your knees coming up really high and hold your hands directly in front of you, level with your shoulders to get that coordination marching flexibility and balance. Um, core strength exercises include things like Pilates and Iyengar yoga as I mentioned before um, and abdominal exercises and doing flexibility exercises. Other good things to do while the meds are working is, is walking outside and, and swimming to get that hemispherical balance in your brain. Now when you're off, that is your meds are not working, in between doses, then you do similar exercises but you do them more slowly and more carefully. Okay, so we don't want to fight your body. We want to encourage it to become more flexible so that you do maybe once up and once down with your crawling doing it slowly and yes it will be more difficult without the meds but it can be done and we need to get that message back to your brain that yes my body can work um, very, Pilates is excellent for this uh, to find a, a very aware and approachable and empathetic Pilates teacher and undertake some Pilates classes, preferably privately, while you're off. And get 
then to assess your muscle movement and response and to give you exercises that you can do and and tiny movements are okay here you know if you're really challenged for movement and you manage to move one inch that's fantastic celebrate that movement and tell your body it's great and do it again so it's practice 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 now as far as um, assistance with this is concerned if you're not already taking uh, vitamin C and magnesium this combination will help with flexibility and movement um, 2,000 to 4,000 milligrams of vitamin C daily and magnesium preferably in powder form um, half to one teaspoon of the magnesium powder in water twice a day and that will help with your movement and flexibility okay good luck with that you can do it you are listening to my interview with john coleman naturopath doctor from australia this is robert rogers from parkinson's recovery I want to make a personal note about my uh, connection with John Coleman. We were doing a pilot study with research volunteers in Portland, Oregon, using cranial sacral therapy to see if we would uh, be able to uh, see a relief in symptoms of individuals with the symptoms of Parkinson's. And as a result of that a very intensive work, uh, began to develop ideas of what people could do uh, to basically get relief from their symptoms. We saw a wonderful improvement in the, uh, the research volunteers who participated in the study. And I developed the idea that it is possible for anyone to become symptom-free. Now, the glitch in my idea was I didn't know anyone who had made that happen for themselves. So it was basically just an idea. And by coincidence, John Coleman uh, was touring the United States three years ago and, and, and offered a workshop in Tacoma, Washington, which is only about uh, 30 minutes from Olympia, Washington, where we're located. So we uh, registered for the uh, three-day workshop and attended all three days. John uh, presented his ideas uh, for what individuals could do to get uh, relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. And I could see that, yes, indeed, here was a man who had uh, fully recovered. John is basically symptom-free. Uh, he, in the workshop, worked from the early hours of the morning until the late hours of the evening with full energy and enthusiasm. It was really quite remarkable. And what I want to say is I realized that much of what he said patterned exactly what we, the ideas that we had developed in working with individuals from Portland, Oregon. And quite frankly, I was astounded that John, working halfway across the earth, had basically come up with the very same ideas that we had generated here uh, in uh, the, the state of Washington, USA. I thought that that was a sign that this work was important, and I thought that that was an indication that, yes, in fact, it is possible for individuals not only to get relief from their symptoms, but with a strong commitment to actually become symptom-free. John was one of the first uh, that I've identified, many others afterward, and so he has been a true inspiration for me to be able to go 
uh, full steam ahead in writing what we're discovering about uh, what people can do uh, who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. So I owe a great debt to John for uh, what he has done to me in terms of influencing the work that I've done over the last four years. So my, my deep gratitude uh, to John for his courage and for all that he has done uh, for individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. Back to my interview, my pre-recorded interview with John, where he answers questions number seven and eight. What will Carbidopa help and what won't it help? What can I expect to be improved from taking that? Okay, now uh, Carbidopa is packaged or is one of the decarboxylase inhibitors uh, packaged with levodopa drugs um, and generally that's called Cinemat. Um, and the idea with this uh, carbidopa-levodopa combination is to present your brain with the largest quantity of levodopa uh, available from the drug. Now, what will it help and what won't it help? Uh, this is a fairly difficult one to answer because individuals respond differently to each drug. In general terms, though, I find that levodopa drugs uh, can help with movement and balance and uh, in some cases will simply make you feel better. So uh, there's less of the weightiness of having an quote-unquote illness. now, a word of caution here that, that levodopa drugs can be very helpful but must be used very cautiously and wisely and at low doses. So I have found they are most effective at doses ranging from um, 100 milligrams per day total to around 400 milligrams per day total. Uh, Now, there are several things we must not and cannot expect from taking levodopa drugs. One is that they very rarely help with tremor. Generally, we find that people who have a Parkinsonian tremor will not respond or that tremor will not respond well to levodopa drugs. Um, and, and often the tremor is, is the symptom that worries people the most. So uh, be cautious here. Levodopa drugs generally will not ease the tremor at all. Uh, number two, levodopa will not slow down the progress of the disorder. And in fact, there is some research uh, that shows that if taken at high doses as normally prescribed by the medical profession, it may speed up the degenerative (coughs) process. Now, that I don't want to put people off from using levodopa drugs because I think they are useful, but they do need to be used at low doses and, um, and cautiously. They are infinitely better than dopamine agonists inhibitors, MAOB inhibitors, etc. Uh, but use 
them at low doses. Um, the levodopa drugs in general have a useful lifespan of three to seven years. Now there are exceptions on either side of that. Um, doctors generally say we get about five years useful life out of levodopa drugs. Um, that varies very significantly from individual to individual. Um, one thing, one caution that I uh, believe is is time to give now is that if you're taking levodopa drugs, you must take folic acid and vitamin C to mop up the homocysteine produced when we take levodopa drugs. Now, homocysteine is normally produced in our brain as we break down dopamine. However, when we well, we mop that homocysteine up and turn it into methionine and use it elsewhere. When we're unwell and taking a synthetic drug, we can't handle the homocysteine. Okay, so we need to take folic acid and vitamin C to handle it. But uh, yes, levodopa drugs do have a use. They will and may help, should I say, may help uh, balance and um, mobility, uh, but they will generally not help tremor and they will not slow down the degenerative process. This question comes from Angela. I am 38 years old and my mother is 71 and has Parkinson's. She has had Parkinson's for eight years now and copes tremendously well by being extremely positive, focused, and determined. According to her consultants, her mental approach has, in some ways, slowed down the disease. She has very few obvious symptoms, and naturally, I try every day to help her via positive conversations and humor, etc. All of this said, I am tonight terribly worried about my mom with regards to the current situation with swine flu and her already having Parkinson's. I wonder if you can help me. Are there any further preventative measures we should be taking? And what are the risks regarding swine flu and Parkinson's? My mom is currently on holiday in France. I was wondering if she should stay there out of the way, so to speak. I would appreciate your advice. This is a great question. Uh, thank you, Angela. Um, because there's so much hyperbole about this swine flu. Now, I have to say that influenza can be a dangerous disorder for those who are already weakened, those with a suppressed immune system. But then almost any infectious disease can be dangerous to those with a suppressed immune system. And the swine flu is no more serious than any other form of influenza. And the best defence against swine flu and one of the important recovery aspects from, for Parkinson's is enhancing our immune function. And what you've already been doing and your mother's already been doing uh, has been enhancing her immune system by having a very positive attitude, uh, indulging in humour, 
getting on with life and and enjoying it, of course, is in enhancing the function of her her immune system. And yes, I agree with her specialist. Yes, it's been slowing down the degenerative rate of the Parkinson's symptoms because love and laughter and meditation are 80% of the recovery process. They're 80% of being well. Now, other things that can help enhance our immune system are, yes, you guessed it, vitamin C. This is the most neglected immune enhancer in the world and yet in the 1970s particularly there was incredibly good research about how vitamin C works and how it can boost our immunity. So taking uh, 4,000 to 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C daily will boost our immune system. It will increase activity of our macrophages, increase production of T killer cells. So the range is dictated really only by what we call our bowel tolerance. So if we're taking, for instance, 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day and our bowels are getting loose, we cut it back to 9,000 milligrams per day and stick with that. At the moment, because you, you know I'm in a, uh, a fairly high-stress state of life, rushing around doing a variety of things, there's a lot of infectious disease around me in Melbourne. Uh, it's winter here, influenza season. I'm taking between 10 and 12,000 milligrams of vitamin C daily. And I can deal with people coming in, coughing and sneezing all over me. My immune system works really well. You know, I have no symptoms and, and I expect to stay well. And that's a great way to start. Now, there are other herbal remedies that are excellent. So uh, herbal remedies containing astragalus can be very good for preventing disease. Um, often astragalus is combined with a number of other herbs and or vitamins and minerals. Um, and depending on the market, whether it's the US or France or whatever, it'll be called different names. But immune enhancing supplements uh, containing astragalus are excellent. Uh, now, um, Echinacea has a great reputation uh, for preventing infection and I don't see that as terribly useful. I think Echinacea is wonderful if you develop early symptoms of an infection and to take echinacea in high quantities then will definitely improve production of T killer cells uh, and, and shorten the length of or the duration of the infection. But it's, it's not particularly effective taking as a prophylaxis. So the, the major supplements of vitamin C and astragalus uh, now, diet, of course, is important. So, again, lots of vegetables, uh, good protein, eggs, avocado, fish, etc., are excellent to build our immune system. Exercise is important, and what you've already been doing in in having fun, 
being positive, enjoying life, and it sounds as if uh, your mum and you get on really, really well, so uh, absence may be detrimental, so maybe uh, she needs to come home and be with people who love her and that she loves, and that will also boost her immune system. But it can be prevented, and don't get too worried about swine flu. It's just influenza by another name. And um, as a cynic, I look at it as a great marketing ploy for Tamiflu and other so-called antiviral drugs. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You are listening to my interview with John Coleman, naturopath doctor. I will be uh, interviewing Dr. Ivy Favor, who is from Canton, Georgia, Uh, and asking her a panel of questions. If you have a question that you would like for me to ask uh, a member of my panel of naturopath doctors, submit it at Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, at Parkinson's Recovery, all one word, dot com. And I'll be happy to add your question to the list of questions that I ask my panel of naturopath doctors who are giving us some rich insights into how naturopaths approach just these types of questions. This is the question you've been waiting for that I promised. Coming up next is, what is it that really made a difference to your own recovery program? All the questions I've asked you so far, uh, John, are questions submitted by individuals who were uh, seeking a second or third opinion. I have a question myself that I want to ask you. You've talked about a number of very rich and fascinating and useful approaches and techniques people uh, can use to be able to get relief from their symptoms. When you look at what happened with you personally, is there anything that floats to the top as being the most helpful to you personally? Yes, there is, and I have written about this, and I do base my um, advice and research on my own experience. The interesting thing is that I didn't really see how important this was until I'd actually recovered, and I, I was walking a dark road, if you like, and needed to try many, many, many things uh, before I found the way to wellness. But the most important thing in my recovery was learning that I not only was able to be loved and worthy of being loved, but I could actually love myself with all my faults and, and all my mistakes in the past and all the hard lessons that I had learned that I I was a beautiful being and I was able to be loved and when I realized that then I was able to walk away from people who said they loved me but in fact abused me emotionally or people I call emotional vampires. They, they wanted to suck me dry for whatever satisfaction or, or whatever they gained from that. Um, and, and it was this realisation that I am a 
beautiful creature even when I was at my ugliest and I was you know by worldly terms pretty ugly back there in 1995 and 96 you know my face was twisted and I was drooling and I shook and and fell over a lot and people often mistook me when I could walk for being very drunk because I swayed and stumbled and and ran into walls or, or doorways um, I, I mumbled incoherently and I I was often incontinent and so you know often I was stained with my own urine and, and so he was a pretty unlovable creature and yet I learnt that I, I was beautiful and when I realised that I found people around me who recognised that I was and am beautiful and this was the number one the number one key to making everything else work yes there were physical therapies and there were other activities I saw counsellors um, and I found people who could help, my laugh, help me laugh um, I meditated daily um, often more than once daily and, and I joined in a meditation circle every week but in the end the most important and the most critical part of getting well was my growing understanding that I am beautiful and I am lovable and I could love myself My work here in this part of the world is called Parkinson's Recovery, and all of the websites uh, and all of the services and support systems have that term in it one way or another. And I often uh, get questions from individuals uh, for information about the Parkinson's Recovery Program. I have to immediately explain, oh, oh that's not me. <laughs> it's, well, I am Parkinson's Recovery, but I don't do the Parkinson's Recovery Program. That's John Coleman's program. And so please, John, tell everybody about your Parkinson's Recovery Program. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Look, this is a program that uh, I've developed in conjunction with a, a colleague who handles all the IT uh, stuff and sets up the website. But the Parkinson's Recovery Program contains all the information that I have gained from my own recovery and from my research since 1999, uh, both individual research and research with uh, colleagues, uh, scientists uh, in various parts of the world and it's there to help people move step by step towards wellness, towards recovery from this thing we call Parkinson's disease uh, and it consists of 52 weekly classes that are sent by email every week plus a large number of uh, bonus pages that contain extra information about various aspects of counselling or, or menus or recipes, um, exercises, etc. Um, it's, it's, in my view, very inexpensive because it only costs $49 Australian dollars Per month, so that's Australian dollars, and that.
that uh, works out at something like I think today's exchange rate around 36 US dollars per month. Now, the easiest way to find out about the Parkinson's Recovery Program is go to www.parkinsonsrecoveryprogram.com and read all the free material there uh, because that explains pretty much what it's all about. But it, it's a way of me being with you week by week, no matter where you are in the world. And if you become a member of the program, then you can email me and I get 20 to 50 emails per day. So it takes me a few weeks to get around to replying to them. But it means you can ask specific questions. Um, you know, I'm happy to look at individual aspects of your journey, etc. Um, and it, it makes you a part of a grand community of hundreds of people now who are moving towards wellness and, and taking responsibility for their health. So it cost me about $25,000 when I was ill to gather all the information I needed and to understand what I was doing and to become well. And I'm offering all that information to you. Over a year, it's only 588 Australian dollars, which is, what, 400 and something US dollars. So it's a great program. I feel very proud. I would love to see every individual in my clinic uh, and deal with them face to face, but I can't do that. And this program is a way of me being there with you and encouraging you and allowing you to have some access, access uh, to me and to my individual advice. So in a way, it's a, it's a service that you're making available to people to be able to get consultations with a naturopath doctor at long distance, uh, particularly for people who are, don't live by anybody who has those qualifications. That's right, because there are so few people in the world working the way I am, and, and I guess I have that unique experience of recovering from Parkinson's disease and multisystem atrophy and being trained as a naturopath and having access to some very good neuroscientists who have uh, worked with me in doing some research so that I, I do have unique information to offer and I would as I say love to be with every individual but I can't be and this is a way for you to have my personal attention in the form of weekly e-classes and the facility to email me as an individual or even if you wish to to set up a, a telephone consultation or a webcam consultation so that we can speak face to face which of course is extra charge because it's extra time but um, there is this facility to do that and there's a mountain of information in the program over those 52 classes I'm, I'm very proud of it uh, I, I'm very happy that I can offer this to people with Parkinson's around the world at, at an extraordinarily low price and I have to thank my colleague Mick Jordan for that who's 
been able to get everything set up so that it's it's efficient and inexpensive. So it sounds like uh, as well, once a person uh, uh, couples themselves with the community of other individuals who are members of your Parkinson's recovery program, they also merge into a template of hope and recovery because they're essentially joining up with a number of other individuals who are on the road to recovery. Absolutely, and and I do get um, some wonderful emails and letters from people saying, oh, thank you, it's the first time we've had hope and we've been following your program for um, six or eight weeks now and we're already seeing improvements in health and we're feeling better and more energetic and and so this is just fabulous. And there is a blog attached to the program so people can leave messages for others to read and reply to so there's some uh, you know communication available here as well well and i do talk to people all the time too john and uh many of them are connected with uh, your program and they tell me yeah i tried this or i tried that that john recommended and i'm feeling better so i can give lots of testimonials of uh, stories i've heard from individuals who've been greatly benefited by uh, your incredible work Thank you. It's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, giving us an opportunity to hear your perspective on these uh, questions that were submitted by individuals who were looking for second opinions to to find out more about what they might be able to do to get relief from their own symptoms and also uh, some insights into your Parkinson's recovery program. So if you could give people, once again, uh, the way to get more information about that. Good. Go to www.parkinson.com. Parkinson's Recovery Program.com. So, Parkinson's Recovery Program is all lowercase, all one word, no apostrophes. Uh, Parkinson's Recovery Program.com. There's very extensive free information there, and then you can move on and become a member. All the instructions are there. And um, link up with Robert's Parkinson's Recovery site because there's some fantastic information there from a variety of sources around the globe and you can also get hold of my book Stop Parking and Start Living either in hard copy or downloaded from Robert's site and that's got some great individual uh, information as well and just remember you can become well thank you so much for being with us today John it's my pleasure Always a pleasure. Thanks, Robert. I'm back live. This is Robert Rogers. Uh, They're sleeping in Australia, so this is a pre-recorded interview. I want to, again, invite anyone who has uh, questions they'd like to ask a naturopath doctor to submit them to me. That's robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com, and I'll be happy to put your question on the list of questions that I'm asking my panel of naturopath doctors. My goal for each of my radio programs is that there will be information you'll find is useful, information that you can run with, and I am totally confident that today that is indeed what has happened, that there will be information uh, in uh, all of John's answers that will be helpful and useful to you personally. So, next week, John Ball 
individual who was diagnosed with early onset Parkinson's uh, in his mid-20s and 40 years later is not only doing beautifully, but is running in the San Francisco Marathon race in just two weeks from today. Uh, John, as I mentioned in the very beginning, uh, has run in now 22 marathon races, the most recent in Norway just a few months ago, and he tells us what he does to be able to leave a vibrant, active life. Uh, he has had Parkinson's for 40 years, and he'll tell us uh, what he's done to be able to uh, address uh, all of the challenges that he's faced. It's a truly inspirational discussion, uh, I want to tell you. Uh, I, was, uh, I was motivated uh, myself with much of what he said. So tune in next week. We're here every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time. That's 2 o'clock Eastern time. You can always connect in by calling in on the phone number, 347-945-5358, or you can connect through the Internet, particularly useful for those of you who live in many other countries other than the United States. And, of course, when you're connecting through the computer, it's always free. If you're calling the phone number, you will have to, uh, many of you will have to incur that long-distance charge. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all of the women are smart, all of the men are handsome, and all of the children are truly loved. Know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.